This message tonight is one that I am probably going to regret preaching. <laughs> because if, if on nobody else, it's going to stomp on my toes. But it's needful. It's needful. Please turn to Exodus 23. That is where we will start. Exodus 23. We're talking a lot about revival, and well, we should. We're, uh, it's being talked about all over. For some churches, it may just be, uh, they're grabbing a hold of a catchphrase called revival and, you know, approaching it from that, but there are others where it's very serious. You know, we're, we're really looking for this. And it's not just our church or the prayer center in Tulsa, the prayer center in Immokalee. Other churches are looking for this. The, you know, call for repentance and holiness. It's going out. It's impacting a lot of people. And so spiritually, we've been doing a lot to get ready. Praying, worshiping. Our services here have really matured, changed, and praise God for it. I really enjoyed it. But there's another aspect of revival that I haven't, well, honestly, I don't remember hearing anything about this. It doesn't mean that nobody else has touched on it. I just don't, I haven't heard it from anybody. But I'm going to touch on it tonight to kind of give you a heads up where this message is headed. The title is, Are You Physically Ready for Revival? Are you physically ready for revival? Now, I'm just going to speak on behalf of most people here. No, <laughs> we're not. Not really. We'd like to think we are, but we're not. So, uh, you know, I want you to think about yourself. What is your present physical condition? What is your present physical condition? You know, could you run through a troop and leap over a wall? Well, I know that's in Scripture. You know, that's a figure of speech, really. But revival not only requires spiritual preparation, but it also requires physical preparation. Think about our conferences in the past. You know, that puts a wear and tear on the body. And by the end of the week, you know, a lot of people are ready to crash. That's why we don't have the Sunday night service on the Sunday after the conference to give you time to uh, rest, do your laundry, whatever, get caught up. But we have taken for granted our physical condition for too long. Now, guys, I'm guilty on this, all right? So I'm not standing here pointing my finger at you. I'm pointing it at me. I'm guilty, and I admit it, and I've got to change this. You know, pastors, we give advice, information, and so forth relative to your spiritual condition. Doctors give advice. That deals with the fallen physical body. Do you understand what I mean by that? The Genesis 3 body. Doctors give advice for the physical body. And the thing is, we need to pay attention to both. And too many Christians seem to have a, um, what's that term, laissez-faire? I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> you know, just a, too, too much of a casual attitude toward the physical as though it doesn't matter. Well, I'm not going to go into a whole lot here tonight, but um, there's one particular minister 
He had a powerful healing ministry. I mean, man, prayed for people, miracles, and all this other. But he liked to eat. And he was portly. He, he was girthy. <laughs> and um, another minister went to him, had a word from the Lord, said, uh, there are three things in your life that you, the Lord says you've got to get straightened out. One of them had to do with his physical condition, his eating and so forth. Well, he just blew it off. And it wasn't long before he dropped over dead at age 38. Now, that you would say, well, yeah, but that's an extreme example. You know what? A lot of Christians deal with their physical condition kind of like people who smoke. Because everybody who smokes, they know that cigarettes can cause cancer. Now, they know this. It's on the packaging. They know it. But it's always, it won't happen to me. It'll happen to somebody else, but it won't happen to me. And then they start getting that cough, that hack, that whatever. Next thing you know, the doctors are saying, well, emphysema or cancer this, cancer that, whatever. And guess what? Yeah, it's now it's happening. You're it. You're the one you said you'd never be. As likewise for us, um, as Christians, when it comes to our physical condition, we take too much for granted. And that's not good. See, God, I'll put it in human terms, God can't afford for us to start dying. And too many Christians have died before their time because they weren't paying attention to themselves physically. Uh, you know, when people feel sick, what do they do? Well, you know, they go to the doctor or maybe even to the hospital. Why? Why, when you are feeling a whatever, and I know there's some people out there, faith folks, don't you ever go to a doctor. All right, don't listen to those people. I'm serious, don't. If you ever hear a preacher saying, don't you ever go to a doctor, it's wrong to go to a doctor, stop listening to that preacher. Now, I'm serious. Don't ever listen to them again until they get that junk cleaned up, that doctrine just fixed. When you go to a doctor, why do you go to a doctor? It's because you have faith that what the doctor does will change your condition. Very simple. Otherwise, you wouldn't go. I mean, sure, you're going to go into a doctor's office and when the doctor comes and you look at him and you say, you know what, I'm paying $80 for this office visit just so I can tell you you can't do squat. And then get up and walk out. Now, that's weird. Now, you go there, you want answers. And if necessary, a prescription, or if this, or whatever it would be. Well, do we have at least as much faith regarding Jesus' stripes? Think about it. Now, I'm not trying to create problems here, you know. But, if, if something starts acting up in your body, and your first thought is, call the doctor then your faith is nowhere near where you think it is. Because your first thought should be the completed work of Jesus Christ. Every single time. Every time. One of the things that just... I mean, I grit my teeth is when... Have you ever noticed I rarely ever say anything about my physical condition? About any kind of physical anything I'm battling? Now, sometimes it kind of gets out, like, you know, Brother Elaine and I came back from 
uh, Kenya, and we got a hold of some bad stuff over there, you know, through the food, and it put me in the hospital for a couple of days. Well, you heard about that one. That You can't really hide that too much. <laughs> but the point I'm getting at is I don't talk too much about any battles that I'm going through. And the reason I don't is because I don't want to hear what a lot of people would say. Because there are too many people, even in this church, who've been here for years, and they still would rather curse me with sickness and disease and not even think of it like that. You know, oh, you know, my gizzard is, is hurting. Well, have you been to the doctor? Seriously? That's your first response to me? No, your first response to me should be what the Word of God has to say. The completed work of Jesus Christ. And that that is the way it's supposed to be for every single one of us. Now, don't interpret this to mean I'm saying don't go to a doctor. I'm not. Don't interpret that to mean you can't ever share anything with anybody. You just make sure who you share it with is somebody who's rooted and grounded in the Word. Look Here in Proverbs, um, Proverbs uh, Exodus, Exodus 23. Now look here in verse 20. Now stop before we read this. Remember what I said before about the Old Testament being extremely prophetic for today. Well, that's true here. Now look, Exodus 23, verse 20. God says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Now stop right here. Symbolically, or prophetically, if you will, here's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to lead us and guide us. Right? Well, Verse 22, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and I will be an adversary unto thine adversaries, for mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Now, somebody says, well, that's that's just old people, Old Testament stuff here. So you're telling me that God won't do that for his blood-bought children? Now, seriously? You, You need to rethink this. See, God does not want us sick. And there are Christians out there, they're going to tell you, well, you know, God put me through this, whatever the physical thing was, teach me a lesson. I remember one time a guy was talking, uh, talking now Christian, I was talking to him, and uh, whatever it was, I forget what it, he went through, but he's in the hospital, laid up, and he said, well, you know, God had to put me on my back to teach me something. I said, no. I mean, if you're, he says, now this, this passage right here, look at this, prophetic. He says, I'll send my angel, the Holy Spirit. Now, let me let me just get blunt here. If you're too dumb to listen to him, then you're not going to know what to do. Pretty simple. When it comes to sickness and disease, God does not want it to be a part of our life. Now, he says, I will take it. Look here, verse 25, he says, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That means it's present. 
You follow that? What is sickness and disease? What is it? What is sickness and disease? Sickness is a biological something. It's a germ. It's a, a, uh, a virus. It's a, but it's a biological something. He says, I'll take it away from the midst of thee. So then, think of it like this. Right now in this room, you have sickness and disease floating around, looking for somebody (laughs) it can attach itself to. And God is saying, look, if you'll be obedient unto me, your obedience to me will raise up a standard of protection against sickness. He says, I'll take it from you. Now, this is the word of God. And this is what God wants us to do. And I'm telling you right now, I'm firmly convinced that one of the reasons that many people, many Christians struggle physically with sickness and so forth, is because they're not doing this right here. They're not being obedient unto the Lord. You ever heard Christians talk about, it just seems like I'm sick all the time. You ever heard that? You ever sit back and think, well, I wonder why that is. Well, there could be a lot of contributing factors, but God is saying, one avenue of protection is be obedient to me. Look over in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, I'm going to say some things in this message that Christians have been trained to reject because of the world. There's no excuse for any Christian to battle chronic sickness. None. I don't care what. Well, but you don't understand my family history. No, I don't. But you apparently don't understand who your father is. And you apparently don't understand you've been, you're a new creation. And that the life of God is in you and it's greater than anything pertaining to your physical body. Now look here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. It's kind of similar to what we just read there in Exodus. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. What's that mean? What that means is you face the potential of dying too young if you don't do this. He says length of days and long life. You see this? And how do I get that? Well, don't forget my law. Keep my commandments. Verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. This part right here, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. This is a really good reason to repent. If you got stuff in your life that shouldn't be there, repent. Make it right. Get it out of your life. It contributes to your health. Now, when you read this, see, a lot of times what we do is we look at passages like this almost exclusively from the spiritual perspective and we miss the physical message that God's trying to get across to us. Because If these bodies don't work, guess what? Well, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Now, once you're gone, I mean, you're absent from your body. Once you're gone, that's it. 
You know, there aren't any do-overs. <laughs> when you're with the Lord, you're with the Lord. And you think, well, praise God, that's wonderful. Yeah, and God likes it when you're with Him, but He needs you here. Let me say it another way. God doesn't need you in heaven. You say, well, that's a terrible... No, no, it's not a terrible thing to say. No, hey, what's he, what are you going to do? Scrub toilets? I mean, what are you going to do in heaven? He doesn't need you in heaven. You know why? Because He knows the day is coming. You're going to be with Him forever anyhow. Right now, He needs you here. Why? You're His voice. You're His hands extended. All of us. And so He says, look, <laughs> don't be wise in your own eyes. When it comes to the physical stuff, don't think it doesn't matter. Listen, you can't solve all of life's physical problems with a jar of Flintstones vitamins. It's not going to happen. Look over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, my daughter, my child, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For they are life unto those that find them. And look here, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. And so somebody reads that and they say, well, yeah, you know, you better quit all that cussing. All that gossip. Okay, but you know what else would be a froward mouth and perverse lips? Constantly confessing sickness, disease, pain, all that other stuff. See, the reality is your body may be fighting something and going through something. That's the physical reality. But the solution is in God's Word. The answer is in the Word of God. So you either get, we either take it for what it is. He says, attend to my words. Inclined to my sayings. It's not just about your spiritual well-being. It's also about your physical well-being. You know what a pig pen believer is? I'll tell you. How many of you have ever seen uh, any of the Charlie Brown cartoons? Remember that guy pig pen? And wherever he would go, there'd be like this cloud of, you know, dirt and dust all over, you know. Um, and they called him pig pen, you know. <laughs> well, anyway... A pig pen believer is a Christian who creates an atmosphere of swirling dirt, dust, and filth with their confession. When they open their mouth, you don't want to be around it. You don't want to hear it. What's worse is when you get a pig pen, a group of pig pen Christians. See, the condition of that Charlie Brown character says volumes about his parents. Something that you never, I don't know that's ever been like really identified in the cartoon, but it says volume about his parents because he's always dirty. You ever been around, seen little kids like that? Every time you see them, they stink. They're dirty. Don't you wonder what are the parents doing? Now, for believers, you and I, we are the earthly parent of our life, destiny, and body. We are. Every single one of us. The earthly parent. And we either accept or reject the advice of our Heavenly Father. 
That's just the way it is. He's not going to force you to live a long time. He's not going to say, nah, you know what, I don't want you up here. I'm going to, I'm just going to move on you. And I'm going to do something to make sure that, you know, all this stuff is fixed, whether you like it or not. Hey, here's what's weird. There are some Christians, they actually take pride in their sickness and disease. I know a lady. I have no names. Um, she was diagnosed with a something. I won't say the something. But it put her in a wheelchair and put her in a nursing home. Well, anyway, uh, she got prayed for and prayed for. And she was confessing, believing, believing and confessing. She got a miracle. Totally healed. She was not in that wheelchair at all. I mean, she could she could do anything that she wanted. Totally and completely healed. And in a conversation with her, it came up about, um, well, now that you're healed, um, what are you going to do about continuing to be on the government assistance? Because you're only on that as a result of that diagnosis. And she said, well, I don't know. Um, I'd have to go get a job somewhere and find another place to live other than the nursing home. I, I, I just don't know about that. You know, really that nursing home, I, that's kind of like my place of ministry. Or I'm going to minister to those people in there. And the bottom line is this. The only way that she could continue to receive the government support was to continue to claim that she had that diagnosis. And you know what? It came back on her. Locked her up in a wheelchair. Now, you can play those games if you want. But, you know, as a Christian, it's absolutely pathetic to continue claiming a sickness and disease just so you can get government money. What a testimony. It's pathetic. And God is saying, look, you attend to my word because it's health. It's nourishment. It'll bring about a deliverance for you. Look in Proverbs chapter 12. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. Um, what if we created a new rule around here to where if you're ever around somebody in this church and they start bellyaching about all their aches and pains and all their hurt and all their this and the doctor, I've got that, I've got this. What if the rule was as soon as somebody starts in on all that, you just look at them and say, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear this. And then you turn and walk away. Now, I'm, I'm partially serious. No, we're not going to make that rule, but you really don't need to put up with that stuff. None of you do. If we're going to take a stand on the Word of God, then we're not going to, we're going to do this. We're going to be the tongue of the wise. And we're not going to go around and fill other people's minds, ears, you know, with our pig pen philosophy. We're just not going to do that. We will speak the Word of God. Thing is, out of the abundance of the heart, if it's not coming out, then it's not the abundance of the heart. It doesn't matter what you say. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Okay, then how come you're not speaking it? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we kind of know where you're coming from here. Look in Proverbs 16. 
In Proverbs 16, look at verse 23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, here a while back, I shared in the sermon how that because of the way a lot of Christians talk, they're digging their graves with their tongue. Now, he says right here, this is God. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. Is your heart teaching your mouth? How many more years will you continue to speak all your pains and, and all the stuff? How many more years? See, I don't know to whom this applies. But I know it applies to some. How many more years will you do this? How many more years will you continue to confess along these lines? And some people, I already know this, man. Some people, let's just say it wouldn't be surprising if in the past somebody have, has accused me of saying, well, you're telling us just to ignore what's going on. No, I'm not. What did I say earlier about going to the doctor? It's okay. Go. If the doctor gives you a prescription, well, it's up to you whether or not you want to take it, but there's no condemnation. So you can't accuse me of telling people to, to ignore situations. People have died because of that. Parents have let their children die because the parents are trying to force the children to live by the faith the parents don't have. And then the kids die. That's not right, guys. Come on. Well, pleasant words are as honey as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. What are pleasant words? Those which line up with the Word of God. There's a way that seems right to a man. All right, relative to this message, what seems right? Complaining, fussing, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this. It's one thing to say, well, you know, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said that I've got such and such. That's one thing. But you don't have to come into agreement with the doctor. The doctor said, this is what is messing my body up. However, I just praise God. That by Jesus' stripes, I was healed of whatever the doctor said. Totally different approach, guys. Totally different approach. And he says there's a way that seems right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. How, how do you want to live the rest of your life? In, in some degree of feel good? I mean, granted, look, I know when the body gets older, things change. I understand that. That's not a negative confession. That's the reality of a Genesis 3 body. But it doesn't mean that the changes have to lay us out in a bed for 12 hours a day because it, oh, it just aches too bad to get out of bed. Oh, I just this. I, well, I'm just too tired to do anything anymore. Well, you're not too tired to do whatever it is you want to do. That's for sure. Now, you know, we're told to speak to the mountain. Well, there's a difference between speaking to the mountain and speaking about the mountain. And too many are speaking about the mountain when it comes to, uh, you know, physical stuff, complaining about the mountain, confessing the way they speak. They're confessing that the mountain has authority over their bodies. Well, we're supposed to be speaking. Jesus says, speak to the mountain. Now, if you're battling a physical mountain, look, I don't care what the doctors have told you. The bottom line is this. You and I both know 
that if we had been on a hillside 2,000 years ago with Jesus, and we had gotten in that prayer line, you and I both know, no matter what the doctor had told us, it would be gone. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We cannot continue to throw off on the way the world and unbelieving Christians have trained us to speak and accept junk on our bodies. We simply can't do that. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Psalm 19.14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Well, as it pertains to physical health, what do you think would be in God's heart and mouth? It would be His will. Well, what is His will? For us to be in health. For us to be healed. For us to not constantly reinforce that which is associated with the Genesis 3 fallen condition. We're going to get a glorified body. But in between now and then, we can fight this. Now, here's the thing. Confession is not enough. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, let's go back over to Psalm 103, work our way back to Proverbs and see some things. Psalm 103. Look at this. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. See that? Look at that verse 5 again. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you know what he's talking about here? He satisfies your mouth. What typically goes in your mouth? Food, right? He's telling you right here, what you eat can help your youth to be renewed like the eagles. In other words, get this. He's telling you in this, it doesn't matter what your your, your physical condition is right now. If you pay attention to what you eat, it is going to start bringing about a correction in your body. See that? Here's the thing. A lot of people, they don't want to change what they eat. Have you heard some people say, well, you know, they're older now. Just let them enjoy their final years. When I hear that, I just want to slap the silly out of people. That's stupid. Just because you're old, that doesn't give you a right to destroy your body with with food. Or stuff that they call food. <laughs> and listen, old people, man, they can be cantankerous. And the thing is, some people, it's like they, they say, well, no, they've earned the right to be that way. No, they haven't. No, I like to joke around, uh, you know, like we'll be at home and, and I just start acting all grumpy. And then Kathy, she finally take, gets, you know, she's had it up to here with that. And I don't hear anybody. I said, hey, listen. I've lived this long just so I could get to the point of being grumpy and get away with it. <laughs> now, I'm joking around, okay? 
But every one of you in here, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. How it's like sometimes old people, they think they got a right just, just to be old billy goats. And they don't. Listen. Now hear me. I don't care who they are to you. You can lovingly put them in their place. Especially if they're Christians. You say, good glory to God. Grandma smacked me in the head with her cane. Alright, well you know what? Maybe if she hears some straight talk, she won't need that cane. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, listen, I know this message, man. Some people, they don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) That's the way it is. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hey, we need some youth renewed in our bodies when it comes to revival. Guys, we got to be ready for this. Because we don't know what it's going to bring. We do not know how involved we're going to have to be in revival. But we've got to prepare. We're preparing spiritually. We're going to have to look at this from a physical perspective as well. Look over in Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. And look at verse 1. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler... Now, that doesn't mean you sit down and, like, it's talking about somebody in charge. Not that you're going to eat with a piece of wood. All right, anyway. All right, moving right along. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is put before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Now, you can say, well, I never sit down with the ruler. Come on now, you and I both know the message in this passage. He's saying, you know what? If you have a tendency to kind of eat a little bit too much, or a lot of bit too much, <laughs> figuratively speaking, put a knife to your throat. In other words, threaten yourself. <laughs> Don't do it. Control what you eat. Now, granted, I understand that, you know, our church could not accurately be described as the first church of the walking blobs. I get that. But guys, there's some of us, I'm not going to look at anybody right now, there's some of us, we're just plain old fat. And you know it's true. Hey, listen, I got some blub right here. I didn't used to look like this. And when I look in the mirror, I still pretend I look good. <laughs> but let's just, man, we got to call it like it is. There's some of us, we need to lose a few pounds or a few dozen, you know, or more than that. Now, I, I know some of you have been working on this, but guys, look, it's part of our testimony, but it's part of being ready to be used by God in revival. We have to take this seriously. Look at Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, in verse 6. God is talking about fasting here. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and uh, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? See, as too many of us, we've been hiding ourselves from our own flesh. We Seriously, we have. I just heard a story once. There's this guy. Um, you know, his wife just kept, you know, you need to lose weight. You need to, you're too fat. You need to lose weight. You need to lose weight. 
Well, then one day, she looks at him and she says, oh my goodness, are you losing weight? And he says, well, you see the belt, don't you? How, how I got extra belt here. Didn't have that before, did I? All he did was go out and buy a new belt that was bigger than the one that he had. So he had extra belt flapping around over here and it made it look like he lost weight. You gotta admire that kind of thinking. I mean, I was pretty. <laughs> we gotta have to quit hiding ourselves from our own flesh. If it's there, it's there. One of the best things a lot of Christians could do is go home, get naked, stand in front of a mirror, and give themselves an honest assessment. We're not talking about trying to become anorexic. We're talking about dealing with excess. And he says here about fasting, verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward, or rear reward. Anyway, I'm going to break all this down. Done that before. But he's telling you right here, fasting is going to impact not just spiritual, but also your physical. Now, let's talk about that briefly, very briefly. And I'll just use myself as an example. I have severely cut back on the amount of sweets that I eat, the dainties, all right? I've cut back a lot on that. And sometimes it's not, uh, it's a battle. Because my taste buds, you know, they want another Oreo. They want another Chips Ahoy. They want, you know, they want some of that pie. They want whatever. And there are times, seriously now, I've been at the grocery store, like Kathy and I will go to the grocery well, you want some of these? You know, I go, nope. What about these cookies? Nope. Don't want them. Well, let's get some ice cream. Nope. Don't want any ice cream. I didn't used to be like that. It's like, ice cream? Yeah. Open the freezer door. Put it in the cart. Get another cart. Let's go. <laughs> but I have really been working on that. And sodas like Coke, Diet Coke, I mean, just sodas. I read an article here sometime back. I didn't keep it. I should have. Had to do with how that drinking sodas... Now, again, this is, I'm not telling you don't drink sodas. But how that drinking sodas, there's something about it, it can, it can, uh, cause these, like, microscopic crystalline formations in joints. And for a lot of people, if they just stop drinking or cut way back on their sodas, they won't have as much joint pain. No medication at all necessary. Just deal with it with one thing. Cut back on the sodas. Guess what? I've cut way back on my sodas. Way back on the sodas. I haven't eliminated them completely. That day might come. I'm drinking more water than I ever have before. I'm not trying to stand up here and brag. I'm just telling you. I've been addressing this somewhat on myself because I need to. It's important that these things are done. In, uh, in Psalm 19, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. What is the meditation? Do you know there are some people, they sit around and they think about what they're going to eat all day long. Seriously. I used to work for a weight management company years ago. Man, I'm telling you what. People out there have a lot of problems that they don't talk about unless it's behind closed doors. Now, the body of Christ, there are people like that as well. That's where we have to start changing. That's where we have to start improving. And, and see, confession is not enough. You, that's just like, there was a preacher. He and his wife 
were at another church. They, he had been asked to come and be the guest speaker. A couple in the church took them out to eat. And, and he said, you know, the wife, she was big. Just, I mean, big. She was big. And when the food was brought out and put on the table and she prayed, she started trying to cast the calories out of the food. And the, this pastor said somebody needed to tell her it wasn't working. <laughs> You can't confess the the weight off, you know, while you're you know doing the porky pig thing throughout the day. You just can't. Is it, you know, oh come on, brother Martin, tell us how it is. All right. All right, I'm going to read some verses to you, and I want you to think about these from not just a spiritual perspective, but from a physical perspective. And I don't think we'd be 100% wrong to do that. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If I present my body as a living sacrifice, that means, in part, I'm going to take control of what I'm doing with my body, including my eating. Um Proverbs, or no, 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under, or I control my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, I understand that the Apostle Paul was talking about not letting my body commit sin, which could cause severe problems. But, the concept of keep under our body and bring it into subjection... Okay, that can also apply to our dietary habits. And First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I can remember one time, and this is about the only time this ever happened to me. Kathy and I, and I'm not going to say who, we were at somebody's home. And uh, they, had, they cooked dinner for us. Guys, I'm telling you, it's one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. I'm serious. I, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I ate until I was, bless God, miserable. And sat there wishing I had another stomach. That I, so I could keep eating. I'm not making this up. I couldn't believe how good this food was. And I ate, and I ate, and I ate. And it was so incredibly wonderful. I, that was wrong. That was terribly wrong. No matter how terribly good it was, it was terribly wrong. <laughs> terribly good. Isn't that kind of like a contradiction? <laughs> Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That includes what we do with our bodies as far as the eating. I remember one time Kathy and I were in a particular service. There's a, a minister. He was good. Uh, he could sing and his message was really good. But this guy was so that, that when it came to praying for people, they had to put a stool up front and he would sit there and the people would walk by and he'd pray for him. He couldn't stand up and pray. It was that bad. What, what kind of testimony is that? Now, we, we're all in here in this room and we're, well, that, that's not me. I'm not that big. Okay, well, you know what? Not that big yet. I remember when I was in this, uh, working for that weight management company and I would uh, teach the classes and I would say, look, you were 200 pounds before you were 250. 
And you were 250 before you were 300. And you were 300 before you were 350. In other words, you knew what was happening. And you didn't do anything to stop it. And sometimes it's like they want a miracle. Give me something that will make it go away. Wait a minute. You worked hard to put all that on. And now you expect it to just go away? No, you're going to have to work hard. But see, when you've trained yourself to eat a certain way, you're in for a war. Because your body is going to demand that you keep eating and drinking that certain way. There's some folks, I kid you not, uh, I've talked to them and they drink one or more liter, two liter of pop every day. Every day. One or more two liters of pop. I'm not talking diet pop. Man, you got to be chugging away all day long. I mean, you almost have to have that thing hanging at your waist. You know, the long straw. <laughs> Seriously. And then people wonder about, you know, well, I don't know why I'm like this. I, I have a hormone problem. Oh, really? Okay, here's what a lot of people don't know. Less than one half of one percent of overweight people have a physical condition which inhibits weight loss. Less than one half of one percent. But see, everybody wants to say that, well, I'm that one half. <laughs> That's me. Oh, no, uh-uh. Some people lose weight easier than others. I get it. Um, 1 Timothy uh, 4, verse 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, here's the problem. People read that and say, ah, see there, see there, bodily exercise, it profiteth little. Okay, no, you don't, You need to do some research here. Where he says profiteth little, it means when it comes to your spiritual condition, it doesn't profit the same way as prayer, fasting, worship, and the Word. And then, that word little, not in put the Greek word down and all that, but it does mean is at least partially beneficial. How is it at least partially beneficial to my spiritual condition? It keeps me alive. All right? I mean, that helps. <laughs> now, when it comes to physical exercise, you know, quite frankly, you wouldn't know this looking at me right now, but there was a time in my life I had it going, man. I mean, I, I was working out six days a week, pumping the iron. <laughs> when we would go on vacation, first thing we'd do is go out looking for a gym that we could get a one-week membership. Oh, yeah. I'd get up early, go work out, and then go to the beach, you know, all pumped. <clears throat> yeah. Now, I never looked like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. But I'm telling you, I had the semi-defined six-pack. I had arms. People, people turned and looked at me. Yeah, you look pretty good. Yeah. Come on, Sister Martin. Whoo, baby. You keep talking, Mama. Mm-mm-mm. Bless that woman. <laughs> Why thank you, glory to God. But seriously, I did. I mean, I and uh, I mean, I my bench press never got to, to be in a whole lot, but my arm curls up like 150, 175 pounds on a preacher. That's a lot. My leg press was up around nine, 950 pounds. That's a lot. 
And I, I looked good. I did. Alright, well, <laughs> like that song, those were the days, my friend. <laughs> we, we thought they'd never end. Well, they ended, glory to God, and that's my fault. You ought to see my basement. My basement looks like a, a semi-miniature gold's gym with the weights and the dumbbells and all the stuff down there. I could charge memberships. Hey, by the way, if you're looking for a place... <laughs> the bottom line is this. Something's got to give. Now, some of you, this may not apply to. This may simply be reinforcing what you're already doing. And praise God for it. But guys, it's not just a matter of our testimony for Christ. It's also a matter of us getting ready for uh, revival. All right, here's a scenario. Think about this. What if when revival breaks out, it hits in other churches? But they really don't have an, anybody in their church to teach them the things that we understand here. And what if I get a phone call? It's like, hey, you know, I'm Pastor so and so over here at this church, and and man, people coming in getting saved right and left. The problem is, um, they're asking about all these other things that that we don't understand. And I've been looking at your website, and, and you know these things. I mean, can you help? I may not be able to go, but I may be able to send some of you out to these other churches, missionaries here at home. Now, I'm not saying that will happen, but how do we know it won't? How do we know? The point I'm making, guys, we've got to be ready all the way around. Ready all the way around. Now, does this mean you can't ever eat cookies again? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean you can't ever go to you know, Burger King or wherever? You know, no, it doesn't mean that. Well, does it mean I can't go to Marion's anymore? Oh, bless God, it does not mean that at all. No, no. see, it's a matter of managing what you do. And you know what? I think if we're honest, all of us, we know that we're eating too much or whatever we shouldn't be eating too much of. We know we should cut back. We know we should. Now, I, I do realize, again, not everybody that hears this, it's really going to apply to them. But, you know, I'm thinking about this message and, and knowing I'm going to be up here de uh, delivering it. It's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to have to sit down and refocus and redo my lifestyle so that I can get back into the exercise. Oh, I always enjoyed lifting weights. Some people like tennis. Some people like golf. But me, man, I enjoyed lifting weights. That was that was my thing I really enjoyed. Well, I need to get back in that. I need to start doing that because it's going to help me. I just have to manage it differently now that I'm in my 60s than what I did back in my 20s. You know, you have to use wisdom here. I want to close with one more passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 19 through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorifying, our, glorifying God in our body is not just a matter of not sinning anymore. It's also being physically ready to do what we need to do for God. To serve Him. To be available for whatever during revival. Does that mean that everybody has to go work out, lift weights, and you know, get all buff and trim and, and so forth? No, it doesn't mean that. I mean, I remember back when I was doing it, I could not go into a store and buy a suit off the rack. 
because the size difference from my shoulders to the waist was so great, they couldn't take the suit in enough. They said, we can't. We'll ruin the suit. You're going to have to go someplace and buy separates. Well, that's just how it was. Well, does that mean that's what you're all supposed to do? No. Does that mean that's what I'm going to end up being like again? That'd be kind of cool, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to get Kathy going too crazy here. All right. You know. <laughs> the point I'm making is, guys, we need to really evaluate this and really think about it. Now, please, you know, don't go home and just go through the refrigerator and just throw everything out. I ain't this no more, you know, bacon. No, no, don't, don't do dare throw that bacon out. No, no. <laughs> Those pigs worked hard to make that bacon for you. No, what it means is use some wisdom. And, and I'm one of these kind of people that's like, you know what? We've got a bunch of cookies at home. I'm not going to throw them out. I'm just not going to eat them all overnight. I'll just spend the next month eating that bag of cookies. You understand what I'm saying? You just use some wisdom. And I'll tell you, God will help you. We need to do this. All of us. Well, to all that this applies to, okay? And that includes me. Does that mean eventually, you know, probably have to start, you know, some new clothes? That should be exciting for some people. (laughs) But the thing is, it's not about just looking good and feeling good, though we will. It's also about being ready to serve God and not feeling totally wasted when we do it. He needs us to be like this. So guys, be encouraged. Those of you here and those of you watching, it's the same thing for you as well. So guys, we can do this. I know we can. Let's just be wise about it and see the change. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I'm so glad that sermon's over. Father, I know that for many people this could be a real challenging message, but the truth is it shouldn't be. I mean, we shouldn't argue with this. We should see the truth of it, realize it, and accept it, and then evaluate ourselves and make whatever adjustments need to be made. God, I'm, I'm first in line. I need to do this. And I'm asking you to work on me and all of us, constantly reminding us of how to make changes in our our diet, how to uh, get in the exercise, whatever it means to each of us. And that, Father, not expect overnight instantaneous change, but know for a fact the change will take place physically. It will be over time, but it will happen. Father, we want to be ready in all areas of our lives when it comes to serving you in revival. So I thank you for helping us with this. And I praise you that we will have results. And Father, I thank you. Uh, you know, the Lord just now dropped this in, in into me and I'm going to pass this along. And I have no idea for whom this would apply or to how many people. But if this is done, what I've shared here tonight, if it's done, there's some you are going to be able to get off medication. Now, I don't know what all medication anybody's on in here. I'm just passing this along. So, anyway, like they say, word to the wise. Well, Father, that may be, I don't know who that's for, but it is a reality. So I thank you for this. And so, Father, tonight, we just call this tonight a victory message, an encouraging message.
that if we apply to our lives, great change will take place. Thank you for being here tonight, Father. Thank you so much. And uh, Father, as we leave, just watch over us, protect us in our vehicles, and prepare our hearts and minds for what you want to do this coming Sunday. We glorify you and praise you and thank you again that our names are written in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen.